Welcome to What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast, hosted by me, Fiona. This week, I'm joined by my friends Jacob, Brandon, Katie and Andrew for Pugmire, a tabletop role-playing game about heroic dogs and cats in a world of fantasy adventure, set in the ancient future. Written by Eddie Webb, Pugmire uses a traditional fantasy rule system, redesigned for streamlined play and easy character creation. Pugmire emphasizes cooperation and action over competition and violence. The game is set in the world of dog and cat people who struggle to be moral and true whilst adrift in the dangerous world they inherited. You can find out more about Pugmire and download the core rulebook and additional resources and adventures, including the Monarchies of Mao, on the Pugmire website. That's www.realmsofpugmire.com. I'll add links to it on the What Am I Rolling website and in this episode's show notes. So here's how Pugmire works. Pugmire is a traditional fantasy rule system based on the D20 Open Games license. So the core game mechanics may seem familiar to many RPG players. The key thing to remember is this. Whenever a character performs an ability check, an attack roll, or a saving throw, they must roll a 20-sided die, known as a d20. They then add any relevant modifiers or bonuses from their character sheet to the result and see if they can beat an unknown difficulty class, or DC, which has been set by the Games Master. There are two big things that set Pugmire apart from the other d20 systems. One is the Fortune Bowl, and the other is the Order of Initiative. Fortune is a measure of enthusiasm, inspiration and teamwork. As characters overcome obstacles or play to their character traits or flaws, they build up fortune in their fortune bowl. When things get tough, the players can use a token of fortune to push the odds in their favour and re-roll any die and take the higher result. There are other uses for fortune besides re-rolling a die. These include casting a spell without a spell slot or interrupting combat initiative to take a turn. That leads us quite nicely onto the order of initiative when it comes to combat. Once initiative has been rolled and the character first in the round finishes their turn, they get to decide which character goes next in combat. Once that character has finished their turn, they then get to choose the next person and so on and so forth until every player and enemy has had a go. Once the last character or enemy has gone in a round, they get to pick who goes first in the next round. This could also include choosing themselves to go again. Note that both players and the Games Master can interrupt this order and take their turns by using fortune tokens, by either removing or adding to the fortune pool respectively. Finally, just a note for this one shot, we actually did have a cat adventurer and implemented some of the fortune rules from the Monarchies of Mao. But these rules are only slightly different from the core rules set for Pugmire, so there's no need to mention them here. I don't want to get too bogged down in how to play Pugmire, as I couldn't do it justice in the time we have. However, if you want to find out more, check out the official Pugmire website. That's www.realmsofpugmire.com. There's a whole bunch of handbooks and guides and adventure modules and scenarios available to buy and download there. One last thing before we begin. Naturally, there are times in this one-shot where the players and myself, mostly myself, get the rules wrong or forget something plot-wise. 
whilst we always endeavour to stick to the rules wherever possible, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes. And what matters most is that everyone enjoys themselves. So, with all that out of the way, let's play Pugmire. I'm going to ask a few questions because obviously we've just created the characters and stuff. I want to know, and we can come up with this together, so how do you four know each other? Bearing in mind that three of you are dogs and one of you is a cat. So I think ideally... Who's the cat? Okay. <laughs> so ideally you'll have been like adventuring together as a, as a party of pioneers and trailblazers for a little while now. So I want to know like how you sort of got together as this party and what kind of adventures have you folk been on up until now? Oh. That's a good question. <laughs> it's anything. These are just, it's, it's more of a discussion. So don't, don't worry about it. Like, we can just talk it out. Wait, Andrew, what was your dog name? Kona. So Charles and Kona probably definitely met at a bar because they like to get their drink on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And they're really sloppy drunks. Uh, yeah, like, like Kona's both, getting better. They both got real sloppy and just like became drinking buddies. Okay, cool. And how do Benji and Posh Allen fit into this picture? They're both assholes. I mean, that's <laughs> true. But I, I want to know about in-game. Um... <laughs> Brandon, did Benji and Posh Allen meet uh, just randomly? You're a stray. I don't know. Yeah, I am a stray. Possible that strays maybe could have met a cat. Could we have met at a shelter? Uh, yeah, you can meet at I don't think they have shelters, Brandon. Well, like, no, but you can meet at, like, a. so there is a village in the big sort of Pugmire world. Obviously, Pugmire is the capital. And then there's a, a road that goes through Pugmire. It just goes north to south. Because at one point, I was a Florida dog. And then I went to a kill shelter, and then I got saved and brought to Iowa and got ringworm and hookworm. See, now, now, in the realm of Pugmire, a kill shelter would literally just be somebody trying to murder you. Yeah. yeah. And then I got free, and then this wizard, Nicholas, healed me, and now I'm where I'm at. There's a town on the edge of the fearful mutt town where dogs who don't necessarily fit with the Pugmire sort of idealistic regime per se, because Pugmire is like the capital. They've built it on, they've sort of drained the swamp area and then built Pugmire on top of it. And then the Mutt town was where, you know, people who didn't fit in or didn't feel like they fit into one of the houses would maybe band across there. So you guys could have met there totally because the fearful forest is on the other side of the monarchies of Mao, which Posh Allah would have definitely come from at some point in their lives. Yeah. Okay, so why would Benji and Posh Allen go to Pugmire to meet these two, to meet Charles and Kona? We too could have been thirsty and angry at the rest of the world. Surely they have drinks other places. There's like the water dog port, uh, Houghton, on the way. But maybe you've heard that there is like a very specialised underground bar that sells a certain type of really refined alcohol. And catnip. And catnip, yeah, under under <laughs> under the counter. Yeah, I probably just needed more catnip tea. They probably didn't have any where I was. Cool. So let, let's just say you all met up this uh, bar. Three dogs and a cat meet at a bar. Exactly. What could possibly go wrong? And then we beat up a couple patrons because well, why not? And then a yeah, troll so... climbs out of the floor, and the bartender does all the work. Yeah, we've done this before. So yeah, we could say that you had a rowdy night in, maybe made friends and then enemies of the locals and then got put into a jail together um, overnight. But then you sort of let go, especially with, who was it? It was uh, Benji, who was a soldier, right? When probably seen like, oh, you used to fight, maybe in the Great Dog and Cat War, you probably were allowed out saying that, you know, with a sort of warning. 
But then, so you banded together. What would be your party name then? What would what name would you come up with for yourselves for being like pioneers and trailblazers for hire? Can we be Paw Patrol? <laughs> yes, please. I want to be Paw Patrol. <laughs> okay, Paw Patrol. Yes. Okay. So Paw Patrol, you've been on a couple of adventures. After that night in Pugmire, you became sort of firm friends. And a couple of things you would know, those people who do live in Pugmire, and Benji and Posh Allen would have got to know when they've got to Pugmire, is that cats themselves are distrusted from the sort of um, citizens of Pugmire. Not so much nowadays. Like, there are cats in Pugmire. There's also badgers and lizards and rodents and stuff like that. But there is a general atmosphere of fear about them and that's because about 50 or so years ago whether that's dog years or whatever there was a big war between the monarchies of Mao and Pugmire over the port the water dog port and since then even though it's been resolved and there is a peace treaty been signed there is still that little bits of shift and tension as so the three dog members of the party you're very protective I would say of Posh Allen even if they're a bit wayward yeah you are He's an asshole. He's our asshole. It's really easy to guard him, too, because there's just so much to guard. (laughs) 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 And with that, I think we should describe our characters, actually. So, Katie, can you introduce, like, Charles and what Charles looks like for us? So Charles is a 25 pounds of fluff. He's half Cavalier Spaniel, half Poodle of the noblest breed. Mm-hmm. He is about as human as a dog can be because he uh, kind of grew up that way. <laughs> he has no respect for personal space. He has no respect for personal space. <laughs> what color is his fur? Oh, yes. Um, he is a white with uh, brown ears and some brown patches on his back. Very dark eyes, very expressive eyes which works really well with his puppy dog eyes trick. What kind of hauling did Charles have? What kind of thing do they do? He is an artisan, which I don't remember what I put for that, I'm not going to lie. So you're a spellcaster, essentially. Yes. So when Charles casts a spell, what kind of thing does Charles do? Like, is it something with the hands? Is it a lot of yipping? He does this little, like, pounce dance. Hits the ground, sort of like... Yeah, like he kind of jumps up and he hits hard with his two front paws. It's kind of like he's trying to like move the earth with his front paws. And sometimes he just kind of bats his hand. Yeah. Just one paw at you and just like a surely he, surely he sneezes a little bit too. Surely he does like the... <laughs> that might be like a magic missile. <laughs> we'll go on then to Benji. Yeah, Benji is a stray of the mutt variety. Closer to maybe like a Shih Tzu, if you would imagine one of those, except with more wiry hair. Black dog with... Touches of gray. Not very old, but looks like he's seen some shit. He's a family bat shit, and he is a soldier. Mm -hmm. His most important goal is to protect Jolene, and he is bound to Wizard Nicholas for healing him of his hook and ringworm. And just no matter what, he just has to mark everything. It's (laughs) just one of those things after the war. Very protective of his territory. Yes. What would you say Benji's weapon of choice is, then? His is a maul, and if he can't reach you with that, he's going to trident you. He also has some uh, anger issues still. All right, we're going to go to Kona. She's a greater Swiss mountain dog, so she looks like a Bernese, but with short hair, so it's like dark color. She's a hunter because she likes to go exploring, 
she's just common folk, you know, she was raised on a Mennonite farm. Alright, and then we'll go finally to Posh Allen. The star of the show. So he's all white fur. He's got one blue eye and one green eye. Like really soft fur. Sort of longer. Long tail. Posh Allen Von Angora. He is a spellcaster. He uses his tail to cast spells. He basically draws out the stuff with his tail. Anything else we need to know about Posh Allen? Anything else I need to know about Posh Allen before... Nope. Okay. (laughs) Not that I can think of. Just making sure. Okay, so it's been a couple of months since you first arrived in Pugmire. You've had a couple of adventures where there's been some close scrapes, uh, but overall you you have redeemed yourselves from this ill reputation that you first proceeded with when you got to the town. So under the guidance of your sort of mentor slash trusty friend at the Royal Pioneer Society, one Fiona Corgi. Now I will say this, it actually says Fiona Corgi in the adventure. I haven't made that up. (laughs) You have just returned back from yet another successful mission, this time to map sort of the areas of the North Mountain region uh, beyond Pugmire. It was a fairly straightforward job, nothing exciting or interesting about it. Just, you know, follow up with some cartographers watch them do their stuff, protect them from all sort of the monsters and stuff that lurks outside of Pugmire, and then see them safely home. Regardless, you've returned back to Pugmire off this sort of very simple, boring adventure. And as you sort of gain back into Pugmire itself as a sort of the bustling capital city, lots of buildings built on top of each other, quite narrow streets filled with dogs, a couple of cats, the odd rodent and the odd badger as well, just making their way. You got to sort of the early evenings of this day. And just as you're about to return to the uh, the Royal Society, you get stopped by a messenger who is in rather sort of fine livery, and they sort of hold the seal, which you all recognise, of the Doberman family. This very sort of small, maybe a young boulder collie, sort of comes up to you and says, I have a message from the head of the Doberman family. I, uh, you're from the Pioneers Guild, yes? Um, he wishes to speak with you. We're called Paw Patrol. <laughs> yes, the famous pioneers of Paw Patrol. And he hands uh, one of you, we'll say Charles, because you were the ones that sort of answered, a message. And in the message, the sc- sort of scroll, you unscroll it and it says, My dearest friends, I have heard reports about your recent successes and I wish to speak with you on matters of very great urgence. Please join me at my manor at your earliest convenience. And it's signed, Henrik Doberman. While she's reading it, I just sip on my beer and just kind of growl grumpily. Well, I say thank man, it's about time we've encountered some other people of noble society, and I could use a nice bath, <laughs> a little haircut. Mm-hmm. I say we go and visit him Why in you his need a bath? Just, just, bathe your, just bathe yourself, just like this. Disgusting. You know, Kona's up for you know, really any trip, but she might throw up once along the way. <laughs> I get cool. to sit on the armrest. Alright, you do that. <laughs> The messenger sort of waits to see what you what your what your sort of response is to the message. Well, as long as there's a good meal in it for me and maybe a bath, I'm in. Um, I I I don't know if that that is that is guaranteed. Um, but I I mean it is of great urgence. And actually, you guys would all know this: Doberman family are very very powerful in Pugmire. They are after the Pugs themselves, who are the sort of royalty. And the way that Pugmire works is that actually there's like royal family and when the royal does die and there is no heir there is almost like an election and one of the noble families will take over and currently the dobermans are probably the likely family to succeed they're very very powerful in this area 
Well, it's I reluctantly start heading that way. <laughs> Friends in high places. So the manor is on the northern edge of Pugmire, but it might as well be another world. Set behind reinforced gates and patrolled by dogs of various families, the ancestral home of the Doberman family is almost palatial, closely rivaling the size and splendor of Castle Pugmire itself. And so you see this almost incredible sort of like like fortress really of this beautiful estate beyond the gates you can see there's like rolling sort of uh, gardens beautiful sort of um, topiary and uh, maybe a couple of gardeners going about uh, beautiful like flowers and stuff off to one side there looks to be like an allotment with uh, various people sort of digging up uh, fresh veg to sell to the markets the other thing as well to note is that this manor, whilst it's sort of the headquarters for the Doberman family, there will be other dukes and duchesses, sort of like elite families there as well. So currently you can see these sort of two big gates, sort of like metal gates, and in front of it stand two sort of high up Doberman uh, soldiers in full resplendent garb. And then off to one side you can see down there, you can see other people going in and out what looks like to be a servant's gate as well. What would you like to do? Well, I will go first, and using my uh, noble birth, they should instantly know that I am meant to be where there. So you're going to go up and try and go up to the main gates, Yes, and say, we have been invited. We are here. Is everyone else going with Charles? I follow along behind, making sure to mark all the flowers along the way. <laughs> so Charles, you sort of go up to the gate. Uh, what do you say? The two sort of guards look like watch you approach, and then they look slightly beyond you. And you, maybe you turn your back quickly and you see Benji like, just crouching <laughs> down at every sort of... Like, lifting every a leg. Of, yeah, lifting a leg. And then Kona and Posh Allen sort of fo- following slowly behind. It's, I've got to be honest, it's not the greatest entrance <laughs> you guys have ever had. Um, but it, it certainly is an entrance. So what would you like to say to these guards? Well, are you going to let us in or not? Do you not know who we are? Uh, I mean, should we? Sorry, We you- are Paw Patrol. <laughs> And then one of the guards says, who's them then? And, and then the other one says, can you tell your friend not to piss on <laughs> the rhododendrons, please? Okay, he has seen some shit, so you're going to have to tell him that yourself. I'm going to let him do him, because I don't know what he's been through. Look, that's I'm just, sorry. That's what he does. Look, I'm sorry. It's, it's, not, it's not our property. It's his now, so like we can't tell him what to do. <laughs> As you say that, Posh Allen, the, the dogs sort of narrow their eyes at you, and you can all of you definitely see them grip the weapons a little bit tighter. Um, but they don't they don't react or anything to that when the cat speaks. And one of them says, look, Paw Patrol, I don't know what kind of um, servant name that is, but you know, for, for businesses like cleaning services, you have to go around to the servants' gates. So they think we're servants. It would appear so. I mean, do we still have the letter? Like, Show them the letter. <laughs> yeah, Charles, show I grumpily letter. say to Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to use my powers as a noble and I can't find the page that lists that. <laughs> Oh no. What a shame. We have received a letter. Now, okay. if you unrefined swines can read, you will see that we are supposed to be here. Okay, I want you to roll me a charisma check with advantage because you do have a noble background. Oh. Although it does say, depending on how the characters present themselves, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying it noble. with my puppy dog eyes. Okay, so you roll your charisma. So it'll be a d20 plus whatever charisma modifier. Okay, so 9 plus 2, right? So 11. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a moment, and it's almost like a, like a switch that comes on in both their heads at the same time. Um, the Duke probably wishes to see you. Um, 
this way and they open the door and as you start to go through one of them goes with you charles sort of leading the sort of the gate the other three go through and then the final guard comes as well so they are escorting you to where you need to go as i pass the the guard holding the gate open, i give him a little snarl well now that we've gone through the door my understanding is we now have to decide we actually want to go back through the door again you right. tried to go back. Wanted posh to go Allen? outside, but now no. No, I was no, posh Allen, I no. To go outside, you... but now actually I don't want to go outside anymore. Posh Allen, it's too late. As soon as you go, you'd go to turn. You sort of almost bump into the the other guard, and he's like, "Let's go," and and starts to push you gently forward in the line. What did you say, Benji? You you were gonna try and just just a little snarl as I walk by. They don't react, but you can tell they they have got their eyes on you. You can tell that this whole area is. It's definitely got the security needed, so they are ready for any kind of trouble. I'm just grumpy. grumpy. Once inside the estate, you are escorted to the receiving room. It isn't quite a throne room, and the chairs the three nobles are sitting on aren't quite thrones, but they are a shade away from them. The receiving room is easily the size of a large home, and with the three overly large chairs set at one end. In the largest chair, the towering form of Duke Henrik Doberman. Even though he has been retired for some years and has a lot of grey in his fur, he still wears his military uniform resplendent with rank, medals and other decorations. To his right is the Duchess Vivekek Doberman. Her dress matches Henrik's coat perfectly and must have cost more plastic than a working dog will see in a year. Lastly, to Henrik's left sits Graf Doberman, his eldest son. His dress seems more school than military, but still has a crisp, expertly pressed as his father's. So you're sort of led into this sort of area, and the sort of guard goes, My dear Duke, may I present? And there's a brief pause, and he goes, The poor patrol. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the Duke goes, and he greets you as you approach, says, Ah, my dear friends, thank you so much for coming so quickly. I know you are all tired from your recent adventures, but this is a vital matter, and I think you are just the, the well, the pioneers to help us resolve it quickly, and justly, and most importantly, quietly. As you know, my family has been entrusted with supplying the good dogs of Pugmire with iron ore for their forges. The mines to the north have been in my family for generations, ever since the hounds left to found Houghton. Recently, however, and this time he pauses and looks at Posh Allen and says, well, a band of villainous cats have been raiding the storehouses of a nearby village, the village of Ellendonk, and interfering with the supply lines coming from there. I would send my own forces there to handle the situation, but, well, it would be something of an embarrassment that the situation has got this bad. I would very much appreciate it if you could handle it with a measure of discretion. Between friends, you understand. I am willing to handsomely reward you for your service. I just want to make sure you understand how important it is not only to prevent any further problems at Ellen Donk, but also to bring the foul cats to justice. We can't afford a lengthy trial here, so it's best just to handle things in the field, as it were. Do we understand each other? What's in it for <sighs> us? <laughs> The money. A lot of money. A lot of plastic. I love plastic. <laughs> it crinkles so good in my mouth. <laughs> you can see the Duchess sort of narrow her eyes at the whole party of this, and you all get this. She does not she is not a fan of whatever <laughs> this this is. 
We have a particular set of skills. <laughs> yes, I've heard many great adventures, but only the top pioneers and trailblazers for this job. Ah, let's do it. I mean, you know what they say. You know, no job's too big, no pub's too small. Paw Patrol, we're on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've got a catchphrase. <laughs> Was that a yes to taking on my request? I will reward you handsomely. Son of a bitch, we're in. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> and there's the awkward pause, so to speak. Well, I have big pause, so. And, and Henrik goes... I guess you'd want to have more information about your mission. Yes, guess that would be useful. <laughs> Wonderful. No. Shut up, cat. <laughs> he explains that Elendonk, the village next to these so the, these iron ore mines, is about six days' travel to the north of Pugmire, and basically there, again, like he said, there has been sort of what they seem to be the sort of forces of cats trying to disrupt supply lines there at Elendonk. And they need to be taken care of. And what he seems to be suggesting is that not so much bringing them to justice back in Pugmire, but sorting them out there, you know, as as quickly and as quietly as possible. Um, so we have been adventuring recently, and you know, our weapons are becoming rather used and tarnished. In order to ensure success of this mission, is there a Anything that you could uh, perhaps give us to help aid in the success of this for the benefit of both parties? Hmm. Make a charisma check for me, Charles. A grumble. Yeah, like a plus two mall. <laughs> Damn it. Oh dear. That's a natural one, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Wait, what's my persuade? I have an ability. Hold up. If you've got persuade, that will be plus your proficiency to that. But it's a natural okay. one. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't matter, unfortunately. Um, Henrik sort of, sort of smiles and goes, "Well, you are renowned pioneers and trailblazers. I assumed you would have all that you need for this. I unfortunately cannot spare any expense just now." Well, I'm gonna quit talking now. So somebody else's turn. Like, what, what are what are the other what are the other three of you doing? I think it's time to leave. Someone, yep. Someone's already done enough damage with the talking. Uh, <laughs> nice smack, uh, Charles, on the back of the head. Like, you idiot. That, that, that's easy enough. <laughs> I go sad puppy dog eyes. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you take, like, two, uh, like, shame damage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Charles goes full mopey mode. Yeah. You just thought you're all ready to just head on out? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's going to take six days. Might as well get head out. All right, so you, you start heading out then. And as you sort of head out, you can see, as you sort of make your way out of the gates, so actually round by the servants' quarters, you see what looks like a very shabby-looking cat in very poor uh, person's clothes, sort of like talking to what looks like a a corgi shepherd. You know, you can recognise the robes there. And after a quick sort of sort of uh, discussion, the cat is sort of ushered inside and the dog goes with as well. So you make your way out to the front of the estate. Now, who is going to lead the way or navigate the way to Elendong? I feel like we should have the cat. Not me. I don't I don't know though. I can lead the way. I'm a hunter. I do these things. So we're gonna have Kona lead. It's gonna take you six days. Plastic do you have between you all, by the way? Uh my rucksack just said a few plastic. So Yeah, that's fine. So you got a few plastic Same. there. A few plastic. Charles is bankrolling us. 
Yes, I have many plastic coins. Many plastic. And so that's probably at least 10,000. No. (laughs) At least, maybe more. Yeah, yeah. You know, compound interest is like a modern wonder. It really does. Yeah, that's true. And this takes place in the future, so who knows what kind of interest they could have then. And if you chew up one plastic coin. Compounded, compound interest. You have two plastic coins. (laughs) So what I would say as well, like on horseback, it would take four days travel. Um, I think between you all, you could probably afford maybe two horses, like to rent out two horses for the for the travel there and back. Okay, but can we get a carriage? And I call dibs on the center armrest. Yeah, it's n- unlikely that you will have enough to rent an actual carriage out, unfortunately. If we were to rent a carriage, Charles and Benji would fight over the armrest. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm okay with walking. <laughs> yeah, that's probably fine. All right, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with walking. All right. I so. suppose we can walk on all fours to speed it up a little. So, Kona, I just want you to make me a wisdom check. I think you've got survive, haven't you? I do. Yeah, so you would, when you roll a wisdom check and you use survive, you'll roll a d20 plus the wisdom modifier plus your proficiency. Yeah, so 18 plus what, wisdom? Yep, wisdom and proficiency. Wisdom, that's, uh, that's plus four. 22, nice. Yeah, you are very good. On the first day... You stick to the road, and you make good time. Everyone, you don't get lost. You just take your time, and you get to a very nice sort of... Because that's the thing, you started about sort of early evening, so by the time you sort of get to late nightfall, you've made a good way sort of into... The, along the track, essentially. But you get to a certain point where it is quite dark now, so you sort of set up camp. And I want to know, are you taking a watch? Probably should, right? It's the standard camp procedure. We are about protecting our home, so that's probably a uh, good idea. So who's going first in the watch? I will go first so then I can get plenty of sleep immediately afterwards. Okay, so Posh Atlan's going to go first, followed by... I can take the middle shift. I like to wake up in the middle of the night and bark. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Charles then goes next, (laughs) and then... I mean, I'll probably take the last shift. Okay. Okay, so it's going to go Posh Allen, Charles, Benji, and Kona. Okay, so we'll go with Posh Allen. Posh Allen, can you make for me a wisdom check? And if you've got notice, you can add your... All right, so add your proficiency to it. 13. You take your time getting... What are you doing? Let me see. I climb up a tree. (laughs) Well, I probably start by like kneading the ground a little bit and curl up to look around, but then I get uncomfortable very quickly. So I climb up a tree and I sort of just lay between two of the branches, get some planks in at the same time. So you're, yeah, you've got a nice sort of vantage point over the campsite. Your watch passes by undisturbed and uninterrupted. And then we'll go to the next person, which is Charles. So can you roll for me a wisdom check? And if you've got notice, you can add your... Yes, I do have notice. So, yeah, so add your proficiency. <laughs> Rolled a one. So oh does it matter? That's two ones in a row for you. I know. Katie, you're not very good at rolling dice, virtual dice. No, can I roll a real dice? <laughs> you can if you want. I'll let no, you do she that. Has, she has loaded real dice. Well, I, I wanna, well, I want to I wanna see if she rolls a, a one in real life. If she rolls a one in real life, we have to stop, because obviously this is dark magic. Real, real dark Eldritch magic. Okay. It's a 12. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Plus your wisdom and your... Don't let her out of that. No, I want to I know. Um, my wisdom is a plus one. And, and your proficiency, 
because you it's got plus notice. two. Okay, plus so three, so plus three, so fifteen total. That's great. Right. Well, unfortunately, I'm still taking the natural one. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, want, I just wanted to check. <laughs> um, so Charles, you sort of get ready, and you maybe take maybe thirty seconds looking around, and then instantly you just fall straight back asleep, and you sort of yeah. snore, and eventually that sound like Charles. <laughs> and eventually, you you sort of sort of snore yourself awake by like, <sighs> and then you're oh shit, you slept through your whole thing, but thankfully it looks like nothing has happened. <sighs> and then Benji, it's your go. Thirteen. It's getting to these sort of earlier hours now, and it's the thing you notice about this side of the wood is that it is very, very quiet. There's hardly any birds or any sort of um, noise or any rustling that you would normally expect, so you are a little bit on edge. But again, nothing seems to happen in your shift. Uh, Kona. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> Fantastic. I think you, you sort of wake up. And you, you get sort of a bit distracted with like maybe the dying embers of the fire. Maybe you sort you maybe go for a wander, maybe go out for a little bit, leaving them unprotected for a while, and then you go, Oh shit, maybe I should come back. That sounds accurate. Yeah. And then eventually you come back and nothing has happened. So your first night passes. That's the most, that's the most Kona thing Kona's ever done. <laughs> okay, so who's leading the the party on the second day? Is uh, it gonna be Kona, Kona again? Did a good job I can do it again. Yeah? yeah. All right. I trust yeah. Kona. Got yeah, that's me five. Oh, that's a twelve. A twelve. Yeah, it's a little less good than yesterday. I think you're all just getting your bearings, getting back towards going to the North Road and stuff. And it takes a, a little bit longer, but you do you do make your way there. And I'd say now you've done a good two thirds. Actually, you made really good time. So you made me two thirds of the way there because you just kept pushing through all day. Is there anything like you guys are going to be chatting about on the way there, or straight into night two watch? I don't think it's cats doing this. It's probably those filthy mice trying to disguise themselves as cats. This doesn't sound like cat things. Mice trying to disguise themselves as cats? Everyone knows that mice always try and incriminate cats. Okay, but how big are they these mice? <laughs> well, they're just—they're probably just pretending to be kittens. There are rodents about. You have seen them. That they're probably about maybe two, three foot high. So it's not impossible. So it's not—it's not ridiculous. But at the same time. It's very un- unlike rodents to do that. Yeah, but it's unlike cats to, you know, this is like real real manual labor stuff here. You know, taking over an iron mine? Ah, that ain't <laughs> us. I mean, he's got a point. That would be a lot of work and a lot of coordination for multiple cats. <laughs> we got the coordination down. It's just, oh, oh God, physical labor. Oh, just, yeah, not the follow through. <laughs> yeah, oh, gross. Okay, I'm I am interested in this uh, point of view you are providing. Uh, it is worth consideration. Maybe maybe some other animal. I don't know. Badgers? Do badgers have beef with dogs? I don't know. They like to dig, right? So mines. Badgers, from your experience, they are sort of aloof and keep themselves to themselves. They're not necessarily. You're not seen. They're not seen as terribly evil, but they're not seen as terribly good. They're sort of uh, independent. To each oh other. god, they're neutral, the worst. Oh <laughs> god. Absolutely. You sort of make it to the end of the second day and set up camp. And could somebody roll for me a d6? A d6? A normal dice. Oh, four. Nice, you got it. Yeah, four. <laughs> so as you are setting up camp, all four of you get this, this, this horrible stench. Sort of horrible almost like, oh, it sort of hits your nose and actually all four of you are very sensitive mm-hmm. and it smells like decay and rotting flesh 
and it's maybe you could sort of triangulate it maybe 60 feet away from you off the track of the road so you've come off the road to set up camp but it's sort of going further into i had uh, that way to investigate it because it might be a yummy snack <laughs> yeah i i'm gonna use search to locate it uh yeah do yeah wisdom check and while you're searching i'm gonna pee on the trees as we pass by <laughs> uh 18 nice so you sort of followed the sentiment what what are posh allen and charles doing you follow, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stay a little bit back. Like, um, your whole party's just left you, Charles, as you were setting up. <laughs> I know, right? Because <laughs> you were like, what is that awful stench? And then Benji was like, that must be food, and just went straight into the into the forest. Yep. Benji's not um, brightest. I'm probably gonna follow Benji and then try and find it before him. And once I find it, I'm gonna do my best to roll in the stench. Okay, I would say I'm gonna <laughs> I say am a noble, but I have my vices. I'm going to say, Charles, make a wisdom check. If you've got search, you can plus your proficiency, but I'm going to ask you to do it at disadvantage because Kona's already gone ahead of you and rolled pretty, pretty damn high. I, I don't have advantage. Yeah, you've got disadvantage, yeah. Okay, 12. Ooh, 12. What a good use of that 19, though. You want to get the good rolls out of the no. way so you can get some more. You said wisdom check? Yeah. So that would be a total of 13. You, you definitely would beat... Benji there because I think Benji's <laughs> taking has taken the time to mark the territory and stuff. Paul Shallon's just like watching you guys go, maybe just like having a look around stuff. Yeah, you're following, but after you said at a distance, right? Not like at a distance, distance. Just behind. I'm not like right up there. I mean, I'm gonna let Kona find it and then just you know follow I'm just, Kona. I'm just sort yeah. of I'm slinking. I'm slinking in the back, you know, just like just like slinking. I what a good cat word. Are you are you just going like guys? <laughs> Guys. <laughs> anyway, Kona, you get to the edge of a clearing in the, the forest area, and Charles almost bumps into you in their sort of rush to get there. And you see, well, what can be described as a dead body. Is it a deer carcass? That deer carcass is my favorite. <laughs> it's not. Hypothetically <laughs> speaking, it's, it's not a deer carcass. You can't tell from. It's about. Deer should say, be giants. Animals in Pugmire, if they're not elevated like certain dogs and cats are, they're just normal animals. In sort of theory, you could have, as um, as a hunter, you could have a pet dog or a pet like animal that you could use to do so. I know, it's fucking crazy. That sounds like slavery, Fiona. Would you, a dog having a pet dog, that sounds like slavery. So I could have well, a pet seal? If it worked out like that, yeah. Okay, now Fiona, hold on. I, this is an important question. This is an important question. Can I have a pet penguin? No. There are okay. no penguins. So there, are, so there are limitations. <laughs> so you this this corpse, it definitely looks like it was like some sort of maybe stag, perhaps. Um you can see sort of the horns and stuff, but it's it's long been dead. There's the horrible smell of decay. And as the rest of the party sort of come up to the edge of this grove, it is definitely not good for consumption. Put it there. Oh, I definitely roll in this stop shit. Us before. Okay, one, one. <laughs> I was one. I was right. It was a deer. I was right. It's a stag, you idiot. Which means it has antlers. So first I roll, then I go and I pull off an antler and I start chewing on that. I'm probably gonna try and take the antler, Charles, if he's successful. So who's going up to the corpse first? Uh, Charles is probably going first. Yeah, Charles is not going to pay attention to anything. He's just going to want... Well, he's going to sniff it cautiously first. Okay. If he deems it safe, he's going to roll in the stench. Okay, make a make a wisdom check. If you've got search, you can use that. I do not have search. So just, just a wisdom check, then. 
So 19 plus 1 for 20. So as you as you sort of pushed ahead of this party, saying, "No, I I am the de facto leader," it seems. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go and check this out, and if so, we can then roll in it and have the have the horns. It's it's fine. The antlers, sorry. You go up to it, and you're about maybe five feet from it, and you can see something underneath the fur is wriggling ever so slightly, but it's there's definitely something in there. Okay, so I stop in my tracks, and Benji just. And then I just start barking at it. Like, guys, guys, there's something in there. Guys, guys, there's a thing. I don't know what it is. Guys, come look at it. Guys. Okay, everyone knows it. It's definitely a thing. It's still there, guys. Guys, do something. It's there. Forward and grab the antlers. You're grabbing the antlers? Okay. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to rip an antler off. I don't care what's in there. Figured you'd try and pee on it. (laughs) Kona is curious on what's in there, though. We'll we'll probably uh, paw the spot that's moving. To, like, try and uncover it. Okay, so as uh, Benji and Kona go up, even with the warning from Charles, suddenly these horrible, like, the best way to describe them is, like, they look like oversized ticks um, that you see on a catalog. Like, they're horrible creatures that just jump out at uh, Kona and Kona and Benji. Can everyone roll initiative for me, please? This was a spider. I would definitely chase it and try to eat it. I'm up to date. Don't forget to add your initiative. Oh. um, I'm 13 then. I got a 21. Damn it, I got a... I got a whole 7. What's your your dexterity? Zero. Oh. You think Charles has dexterity? Only when you are holding him in your arms and somebody rings the doorbell. Does he have dexterity? And when these things jump out, there's not just like one or two of them. There is quite a load of them. And they're like as the size of your hand, essentially. And they've got like nine, no, not nine. So they've got like six sort of like weird sort of uh, claws and sort of mandibles. So who has the highest initiative? I do. 21. I think it's the cat. First one with the highest initiative goes first. And then at the end of their turn, after playing it out with their action and bonus action of movement, they can then choose who goes next. And you can interrupt the order as players by taking a token from the fortune bowl, but you have to ask permission to do that. Uh, The dogs do, the cat does not. Do we have anything in the fortune bowl? You have two currently. Now, if I want to interrupt the order as as an enemy, I can add to the fortune bowl. So, Posh Allen, what would you like to do? You see these horrible sort of like tick-like creatures leaping towards your friends, but you are at a safe distance, about maybe, I'd say, 25, 30 feet. You're on sort of the edge of this grove with Charles. Uh, I guess I'll just, I'll just blast it. So I started blasting. Yeah. <laughs> it's something new that I don't understand. Let's blast it. <laughs> uh, 1d20 plus 5. 25. You've rolled, you've rolled natural 20 twice. Boo! When you're good, you're good. What can I say? I'm good at D&D and D&D adjacent games. I mean, I did roll two And when you're bad, though, you're so. Katie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, you definitely hit one of these creatures as it's out to Kona. Uh, roll your damage. And because it was a natural 20, technically, it, it, it counts as double damage. It's all, it's all still the same yeah. as D&D? As okay. D&D, yeah. 16 points of force damage. You just absolutely destroy one of these creatures. <laughs> you're good, you're good. How many are there? Quickly count them. There's about eight of them, now down to seven. As you, What colour is your Eldritch Blast as you sort of shoot it out? 
it it alternates each one. So the first one will be uh, green, and then the next one will be blue, alternating mm -hmm. just like his eye colors. So it alternates. Oh, each cool. Time. And then eventually, when I can shoot multiple beams, it'll just be one of each. I like the idea that it's almost like it's like a laser sort of lines up and then just <laughs> amazing energy. It just hits it square in the in in the sort of the chest area and it just explodes. There's like bits of like leg and tick everywhere that reduces one of them. So that's your action. You've got bonus action and you've got your movement. For a bonus action, I do a real quick groom of my toe bean, uh, right. and then uh, <laughs> I would technically count that as a free action. So if you if you've got a more you useful can, you bonus can count action, on, okay, then you can count on every turn. I groom my toe beans a little bit, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I'll, I will have who's who's closest up to it. You've got both Kona and Benji. Kona went for the antler have the creature, Kona, and Benji Kona go first. Yeah, I'm gonna let Kona go first. I think. Benji, Benji deserves what's coming, I think, for just uh, running in there all willy-nilly. Kona, at least, was, like, trying to investigate. Okay, so, 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 you're, yeah, so you're choosing Kona to go next. That's fine. Are you moving anywhere, or do you have a bonus action, or are you just uh, staying? No, I'll, I'll stay. I don't have any bonus actions, uh, to my knowledge. No, I don't have any bonus actions. Um, cool. Yeah, and I'll just stay where I am. Uh, maybe I'll get, like, a little bit closer, so if I need to get up to somebody... Yeah. Like, I'll get to where I'm, like, 20 feet away, so I can still get up. Yeah, so you move to the 10 feet, otherwise. yeah. All right, Kona, you're going next. You have sort of this these ticks coming out at you, but you managed to get mm -hmm. some drop on them. What would you like to do? I uh, will use my rapier and swing at it. Nice. So, yeah, roll your attack. So, yeah, roll your d20 plus your attack bonus. It's a 20. So you roll your damage, then. Uh, Six. It looks very injured. It doesn't explode. It looks very injured. You sort of it cut it. It wants to explode. Yeah, it kind of wants to explode, but it's sort of almost like cut in half, but it's sort of like <laughs> sort of like on the floor. Gross. You need to put it out of its misery, Please it. kill me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so now you've got a bonus action and your movement, so you can move away if you want. It will get an attack opportunity on you if do. Um, but if you don't, but once you finish your turn, you can then pick who you want next to go. Uh, Benji, you ready to go up? I believe so. I just need to look up rage quick. Okay, we'll pick Charles. Charles, you're <laughs> Grace. That's <a> new one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as a Charles. As a Charles, yeah. As a Charles, I will use my magic missile, and so with that, I will kind of sit back on my back paws with my front paws kind of up in front of my chest, and I will pull my head back, and then with a magic missile force, I will. Slam my paws into the earth and sneeze, and three <laughs> missiles will burst forth. Nice. Who, who, which tick are you aiming it for? There's six healthy looking ones and one that definitely needs to be put out of its misery. <laughs> We're going to do the one in misery and then two other healthy ones. Brilliant. Well, I'll tell you now, the one out of its misery just gets exploded. Okay. All these ticks get exploded. And then two other ones. I'll tell you now, if you roll, is it 3d4 plus three, roll those and I, I will take off the damage you did to that tick that just exploded. So you've got 10 left. Are you going to halve the damage between them? Do you want to do yeah. that? Or do you... yeah. yeah. All right. So are you going to do anything else? You've got your bonus action. You... Well, You're at the edge of this grove just currently. I'm going to stay at the edge. Yeah, it's a good place to be. It's where all the cool, cool animals hang out. Well, I am more of a ranged attack. Yeah, it's where all the cool cats are. So get the hell out. You're not invited. <laughs> so what I'm going to do, because I, I assume you would next pick Benji to go. I'm going to add one token to the fortune pool and interrupt that order and make a tick go instead. So a tick next to Benji, one of the healthier looking ones, sort of leaps across and tries to make a sting attack against you, Benji. Does a 14 hit you? Unfortunately. 
<laughs> no, not Benji. So you take two piercing damage, and this creature latches onto you. Obviously, I've gone. I can now choose the order again. I'm going to choose another tick to go. Might as well. It's going to do the same thing. It's going to leap at Benji. Oh, that's a four. So it just it's going to miss. It just goes. Bleh! Maybe you sort of duck forward with this sort of creature that's on your sort of like forearm, and the creature just leaps over the top of you, missing you completely. So, question: mm-hmm. If we wanted to disrupt this, so the only person that could disrupt it because both, so you, Posh Allen, I could and, disrupt it. Yes. So there's three tokens in the bowl just now. So do you want to disrupt it and take nope. back control? Nope. All right. You're gonna let them go through their turns all again before, and then I'm gonna take two turns in a row. Okay. Well, let's hope we don't hit you then. That's the thing. So next yeah. tick goes. I can only envision this backfiring completely. <laughs> um, does a nine hit you? Nope. So that's three of the five. Four have gone and there's four left. So unless you say otherwise, I'm going to... Another healthy one rolls to attack. Ooh, that is a 21 to hit. That, that'll hit. Benji, you take three piercing damage and another tick is attached to you. Okay. The last healthy tick... Goes for you. A 19 to hit. That'll hit. Another three points of piercing damage and another tick attached to you. So it's actually, it's starting to look a bit like um, The Mummy Returns. If you've ever seen that film, Scarab Beetle starting to attack uh, Benji. <laughs> and then we've got the two well-looking ticks. So there's one 16 to hit. Hits. And, oh, 19 to hit. Okay, you take another three points of piercing damage and another two ticks. Uh, attached to you. Okay. Now to you, Benji. What would you like to do? It's Benji's turn. Hooray. We're gonna rage. And now time to smack my maul against one of these ticks. So I'm gonna say, if you're gonna attack yourself, you're gonna do it at disadvantage because you could hit yourself with these ticks. God, that's one of the most Benji things I've ever heard. The thing you can do, you can make constitution saving throw difficulty 12 to try and remove one of the ticks. That would be your whole action to do that. That would be my whole action. Well, there's one that's not attached to me, so I'm going to attack that one first. Twelve. Unfortunately, you sort of stagger around, and it just scuttles a little bit out the side. You think with all these ticks on you, it's making you very difficult. Unfortunately, its armor class, I'll tell you now, is 14. Not so good. They've got really tough And let's try and rip one off with my second turn, Mm -hmm. which is strength. Yeah. It's a constitution saving throw. Okay. Uh, 24 total. Oh, nice. Yeah, you, you grab one and you, <laughs> you throw it off to the side. Does it take any fall damage? It does not. It is a, uh-uh. it is a tick. It's fine. Now it's Kona's turn. Kona, what are you doing? Are they all attached to Benji now? There's two of them off. Yeah. And there's four uh-huh. of them on. I suppose we'll attack the ones not attached to Benji. Go for it. As a 14. Just hits. Roll your damage. Just hits. A seven. So you get another rapier and you just almost do like, um, you do a K, like, and just another one just splits in half, dead, straight away. Nice. Okay, so that's your action. No bonus, no movement. Um, who's going next for you? Who are you choosing? Posh Allen. All right, Posh Allen, you're up. Yeah. Benji still has four on him. And Yeah, I'm going to shoot one of those. Okay. I'm going to shoot one of the ones on Benji. One Using your Eldritch Blast? Okay. Yep. Go for I it. mean, it's either that or darkness or detect magic, really, so. <laughs> I think you're covered in ticks, my friend. <laughs> but they're not magical. Don't worry. 15 hits. Hits. Roll your damage. Only <sighs> one. So yeah, you, you're trying not to hit your friend, 
and you're like, and it sort of pings off. So maybe like one of the antennas. Let's not make assumptions here about stuff. Okay, your colleague. Yeah, you're you're a cat, actually, aren't you? It's like... Work associate is how I would describe it. So you sort of shoots off, and it maybe takes off a, a leg or so, but it's still firmly attached to Benji. Um, that's your go. Who's going next? Is it me left? I suppose it's Charles. Yes. All right, Charles. Your yeah, your friend Benji is covered in at least four ticks. Of- one on the ground still. Um, quick question. Mm-hmm. Would I be able to use magic paw to try and remove one? Yeah, I'd say you can, but to use magic paw, because it says mage hand, right? But you will have to make a strength check, difficulty of 12 to remove it. I hear you're not very good at strength. But, <laughs> well, but with the magic paw, could she use her spellcasting ability modifier? Uh, sure. Whatever that is. Brains over bronze. Let's go. One other quick question. If I was to use magic missile again and aim for the ones on Benji, would Benji take damage? No, because magic missile automatically targets <gasps> what you need to. Okay, I'm going to magic missile three of the ones on him. All right, roll your damage. So three, two, and one. <laughs> but yeah, so nine total. And you're just splitting that evenly between three ticks? Yeah. All right. Since it's kind of like a sneeze, we're gonna go with like kind of a slimy green color, like a like a neon green. So yeah, these uh, sort of free <laughs> magic snot green missiles come pelting towards you, Benji. So it's like, Ugh! and then they tick <laughs> your ticks, and they do get quite battered, but they still stay there. So you still have four on of them on you. Oh, I'm sure that one end poorly. I ripped one off. Yes, you're right. So three. It's now the ticks go. So the three ticks on you, at the start of their turns, Benji, they're going to do blood drain, which means they're just automatically inflicting points of piercing damage to you. I have resistance to piercing. You do. Because I'm raging. Three, six, nine, and then three again. So that's 12 points of piercing damage total halved because you're raging to six mm-hmm. so you just see these creatures on benji's body starting to bite and start to suck in the blood and so you can see there's sort of the hides and i fall over oh no i only had three stamina left what horrible like blood sacks on top of it and as as you just you see benji's eyes just roll back in his head and fall to the ground but that's all their turn the two on the ground are going to make a swipe towards kona who's the closest person so the first one kona does a does a 16 hit you, Kona? Uh, yeah. Okay, and does uh, an 8 won't hit you. So one of them attaches itself to your leg, and you take 3 points of piercing damage as it starts to take a hold of you, and on its next turn we'll do another blood drain. It's then, start of the next turn, but I'm still in control. So guess what, lads? I think the ticks are going to go again unless someone's going to stop me. No, I'll just take fortune. I don't have to ask permission. I'm just, I'm just doing it. You're just going to do it. All right. Uh, Fancy Alan. Uh, Fancy Alan? Oh, wow. <laughs> Posh Alan. Oh, I like Fancy Alan better. Fancy Alan. <laughs> Benji's body still has two, it has three ticks on it, and there are two ticks on the ground. All the ticks yeah, have I'm, been I'm injured. Gonna, I'm gonna have to blast the ticks that are on, uh, I'm gonna have to try and blast one of the ticks that are on Benji's body. Mm-hmm. Alright, go for it. Here's my thoughts. Here's my thoughts, right? I'm gonna blast the ticks, because otherwise they're gonna keep on sucking Benji's blood until Benji just dies. That could possibly be correct it might be Ooh, but i might have only gotten a six which is a one and that one guys i'm not good i was good at this game and i've actually i'm not good anymore so yeah you sort of you go and you see your friend and just as friends you let off the shot and it completely missed what would you like to do 
for your movement and bonus action, if anything. Uh, I guess I'll move up to... Um, no, I'm not going to move up anymore. I'm going to stay where I am. Uh, but I will let I will let Charles go. All right, Charles. Your friend Benji is lying on the ground with three ticks attached to him. We're going to magic missile. Yep. Pew, pew, pew. Nice. 14 total. Yes. Because you rolled so high, 14, you've actually blasted and killed all three of these ticks. How, how do you... What does it look like, killing all three ticks? My tail it's is wagging incessantly. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like I'm I'm sitting in place, like I'm frozen there, um, but my tail is wagging just as much as it possibly can without me standing up and moving. I mean, you're just like, yes, I yes. am a good boy. I am a good boy. I'm the goodest boy. I'm the goodest of boys. Each of these ticks almost like disintegrates. With this, the the dart going straight through them, almost like yeah, creating a massive blood going out, and they're just yes. gone. And that's your turn. There are still two left. Who would you like to go next? You've got Benji, who's unconscious currently, or Kona. Let's go with Kona. So there's one on me, and there's one on Benji. No, there's one on you, and one that's just currently Loose. having a good time on the floor. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like Kona should be able to roll and use her strength to squish one of these. <laughs> or her sheer weight. Yeah. That, yeah. Her sheer not fat just like her. body slam into the ground. <laughs> not fat shaming her, but she's a big girl. This she's is a big true. dog. Big dog. That's why I give her the most constitution. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking, Kona? Um, I'm thinking we're gonna try and get the one that's on me killed. So with your rapier, it's gonna be at disadvantage because you're trying to like not mm-hmm. injure yourself. So go for it. Roll your d20 plus your attack bonus. <laughs> so six. Six plus anything? Dexterity is plus one, proficiency is plus two, so plus three. So that's a nine. Yeah, you sort of go, and it uh, you just miss. It's unfortunate. You just can't quite get it. Like, it's starting to it's starting to really bite mm-hmm. deep into your front fore uh, leg, and it's just, oh, it's, the pain is excruciating. The worst. So that's your, your turn. Are you going to choose Benji to go next, or do you want Tix to go next? I think Benji should go next. All right. Benji, can you make for me a death saving throw? Remember, it's a constitution saving throw. And it has to be 15 or higher for it to be a success. Under tricks, I have hardy constitution. I'm guessing I can't use that here. Read what it says. Hardy constitution is add 1d4 to all constitution uh, saving throws. Just yeah. blanket? Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's probably very useful, actually. <laughs> what Damn. a shit roll. Well, there's a death save. And it's a natural one as well. Yep. So you take oh, two failures. Yep. Damn it. <laughs> goodbye, goodbye, Benji. We hardly knew you. And then it's the tick's turn. So the tick that's on the floor is going to try and attack Kona, seeing that she's currently being attacked. Uh, Kona, does a 12 hit you? Tie goes to me or to them? 12 is your armor class. Yes. Yeah. It will hit. Sorry, it's when you roll against each other. So yeah, it's going to attack. Okay, you take another three points of piercing damage as it, again, latches on to sort of maybe your boot, and starts like uh-huh. rolling in. And then the tick on you is going to automatically gonna do blood drain on you, so there's mm-hmm. no save. You take another three points of piercing damage as, again, it starts to sip out your life's blood. And then it goes back to the top of the round, and oh, I'm at last again, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to attack you again, Conan, unless someone else is going to stop me. We only have two fortune. You've only got two fortune. No. Nope. Nope. All right, well, just, just double checking. Uh, so the te- the one that's on the floor, the tech that's on the floor, tries to attack you for 14. Oh, no, that's... Sorry, they're both on you now, aren't they? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. 
Oof. Okay. <laughs> I, rolled, I rolled very well then. You take 11 points of piercing damage. I think, I you think might that be down. does it. Yeah. Yeah. Kona again falls down. Her eyes roll back onto the ground, and both my both my creatures are gone. I think I'm gonna get I'm gonna get uh I'm gonna get Kona to go next. And can you make a death saving throw for me? So that's Constitution saving throw. A twenty one. Nice. Nice. So you are stable. You don't have to make mm-hmm. any more. What you can do is you can use your stamina die, your hit die, and you can roll that to regain those hit points if you wish to. But currently you're just stable. I think we'll just stay stable for now. Who are you choosing to go next? Probably Charles. Magic missile for the last time. <laughs> just like we help. <laughs> doing all the hard work. Yeah, you instantly destroy them. Okay, thank God. <laughs> with, with eight. I mean, thank you man. You're just like ah ah, and you do a final sort of clap onto the ground, and this these sort of free energy bolts that kill yes. creatures. So Charles, who do you want to go next? Do you want Posh Allen to go next, or do you want? to go next. Posh Allen goes he yeah. has the potential to stabilize me if he's not an asshole cat. Posh Allen. Kind of redundant to say asshole cat. <laughs> yeah, I want to I wanna loot the bodies. No, no, no. Don't have anything. I'll go try and stabilize Benji. Stabilize it. Okay, it's a wisdom check. Dis- difficulty 10. How about a 20? Oh, nice. Yeah, so you managed, to, you managed to rush over to your friend, sort of pat him down a little bit, trying to find money, and they go, no, wait, wait, this is a friend. And I sort of like... St- I, I accidentally heal him, actually. I'm patting him down for money, and I accidentally escape him. You bind his wounds, yeah. So, Benji, you come back to consciousness. You are a one stamina point. Nice. You can choose to spend your stamina die to recover some points if you need to. And do you get your stamina die back after long rests? Uh, yes, after a long rest. Okay, might unless, as well. Unless you sleep outside, and then maybe you don't. All right, and that's the end of initiative. The silence now sort of enters the grove as just you you guys are there with the sort of dead, horrible dietics that are just the the corpses of these dietics are now littering the whole grove around this sort of um, uh, stag corpse as well. I grew my toe beans. They probably got they probably got <laughs> filthy trying to they're, heal. No, they're maybe. super clean actually because you didn't you didn't take Do any damage. <laughs> Yeah, but I healed. But I healed. I healed Benji. So they probably. I got nod dirty. to the cat covered in blood, and then proceed to go get an antler. All right, easy enough. Like yeah, you, I you managed. To, yeah, you actually considering uh, Posh Allen, you did heal. Benji was bleeding out quite a lot, so you do have a lot of blood on your. Pores. Yeah, well, um, we're gonna make that not the case. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna stain my nice white fur. And I'm gonna revel in the blood all over me. Fine. Yeah, I'm gonna go find one of those corpses of those uh, ticks and roll in it. Okay. You were once a white dog. You yeah, are now a red I got dog. Just, like these really weird patches on it, and I'm loving it. <laughs> okay. Well, I smell so bad. <laughs> so once you've given into your base instincts as dogs and fulfilled the need to roll around, clean toe beans, etc., um, who's taking the first watch? <laughs> I'm still unconscious, aren't I? Kona is unconscious but stable. She doesn't have to make any other. Uh, That's what I'm saying. So yeah, Kona's still asleep just now. Okay, so she's getting a head start on the long rest. It worked so well last time. I'll take the first watch. All right. Fancy Al- uh Oh, my God. Posh Allen <laughs> goes first. Then... Yeah, this is a game, not real life. Me. Charles. And then... Yep. I'm guessing Benji and then Kona. Yes. So you said a notice check? Uh, if you've got notice, yeah, then yes. Otherwise, it's 15. just a straight... With- it's a wisdom check. 15? Okay. You sort of are a bit more on edge because these horrible creatures were like... Well, you know, had viciously attacked your friends. 
just making sure you're probably pouring around, going up a tree, coming, trying to get down the tree, can't get down that tree, go to the next tree, can't get down that tree, etc. I'm just going to jump down the tree if I need to. I'm very <laughs> agile. Fine. Um, but yeah, you don't see anything else. Um, Charles. Uh, the stag, how many points was that? As in, it's antlers. How many what, sorry? I was going to say, you're going to have to be more more specific than just saying point. Fiona won't get that. Yes. It was a how many point stag? It was just a dead stag. <laughs> yeah, but how many how many yeah, points but... were on the antlers, dear? Yeah, how many points were on the antlers? Yeah, Loads. like how, how impressive of a Loads. kill is this? It was, it was incredible. It was so like, like 20? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, right. It was... The spirit okay. of the forest. Okay, that's like mythical. <laughs> Somebody, yeah. Definitely. Somebody doesn't associate. I have hunters. a ten-point antler in my rucksack because I took one of them. Sure. Um. Okay, Katie, you rolled. You rolled eleven. This is gonna be the talk yes. of the town. Benji, grab the other one for me. <laughs> okay. You're a bit more on edge. Obviously, last night you rolled a natural one and just went straight back to sleep. Yeah. Today you're a bit more with it, and so you are taking time, like you know, focusing and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, nothing else happened. Benji. There's my roll of 10. 10. Uh, you, you're feeling rough. Like, they, they took a massive, like, bite out of you, and you're finding it very hard to concentrate for long periods. Like, you're too busy sort of moping about yourself, about being injured, and how, you know, you were saved by a fucking cat after all that, <laughs> but never mind. But nothing yeah, else I happened. Like to think but that, that cat friends. and I are grouchy together. And then finally, Kona. A 20. So you sort of come back to consciousness. You've got really horrible bruising from where these ticks have sort of taken a bite out of you. But you start, you are starting to feel a bit better because you slept the longest. As you are sort of waiting for the dawn to come, you suddenly feel... Actually, all of you get woken up by this, actually. There is a sudden sort of pickup in the wind and it sort of howls through the trees. And you are certainly on edge as a result, Connor. You're sort of up with your bow, looking back and forth, seeing what this could could be. What would you like to do, Kona? Would you like to go investigate, or are you just going to stand your grounds? Is it something I think that I can, like, search for? You can, if you have it, you could roll uh, no nature, or a straight intelligence roll to see if you can work out if it's a creature, or if it's just a... Can, can I sense the true intentions of the wind? Can I use a sense motive? Mm, <laughs> I'm going to say no, because you can't tell, you don't know if it is the wind, the howling creature but then you can't tell at this point. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand my ground because uh my intelligence is a negative one. Okay. So. <laughs> Fair enough. So you stand your ground, you're sort of looking around. The others the others are sort of like being low, ready to jump up with their weapons. And after a few moments the wind sort of ceases and it goes back to being quiet again. And now it is morning on the third day. So did we successfully complete a long rest or was it Yes, you did. Okay. So we get what back? So this is ah, so this is the thing. So I want you all to roll Constitution saving throws for me, please. A twenty-two. Uh, nice. Only a six. Okay. But I I have my stamina dice still. So seventeen. Oh uh, shoot! 20. I forgot. I have a hearty Constitution, but I think twenty-two is enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, uh, you need to get over a ten. If you don't pass it, you only regain back your your hit points and your spell slots, but not any hit die, essentially. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So is that every, everyone bar Posh Allen got it? 
and then yeah, Posh Island's not. Yeah, I still have my, my hit dice. So... Yeah, Posh Island doesn't need it. Okay, so everyone's back to full health. So it is now the morning of the third day, and you think if you really push yourself, and get to before the after, before the evening. Yeah. All right, who's taking the lead? Come I'll on. do it. <laughs> All right, roll for me. Survive or wisdom survive. Eighteen. Yeah, you you've got used to this sort of the, the track is where it is now, and actually you've been drawing sort of a map as you've been going. You've worked out roughly where it will be, and by the time it gets to sort of like early afternoon, you can see the sun overhead has just sort of passed what you'd think would be the noon mark. You come upon Ellendonk. And you sort of see the buildings in the distance, maybe about a mile or so away. And what's interesting, this whole time you've been on the road towards this place, you have not seen another living soul other than those ticks. You've not seen any other travelling um, groups of dogs or cats or anything like that. So you've been quite alone in this sort of endeavour. As you start to getting up to where the first couple of buildings are, you see sort of like two sort of buildings, on one on the eastern side of the road and one on the western. Look, coming closer and closer to them, you get the impression... That something's not right with them. And as you get within maybe 200 feet of them, you can see that both of these used to be like big farm buildings with sort of meadows out the back, but they are abandoned. We're and... not the farm up north. No yeah. dog returns from the farm up north. <laughs> no, no. Upstate farms, no. <laughs> and as you get closer, there is an, an unnerving stillness to them as you proceed. I don't like this farm. Our last, like, super quiet, you know, eerily quiet worked out so well for us with those ticks, so I think this one will be fine, too. <laughs> so, would you like to go investigate these buildings, or do you want to continue on into the village? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go start investigating. I'm going to go walk yeah, over let, to investigate let's, I'm going to search one of the houses. I want to make a notice check to see if I see anything else before I approach. Go for it. Roll a wisdom notice check. Well, only a five. I don't. Can I roll a notice check? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Oh, jeez. That's a nine. I'm not going to even bother. <laughs> I'm going to use search. Okay, so you're going into one of the buildings and searching. Yes. Tona, go for it. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's a, that's an eight total. What were you doing, Brandon? Oh, I was just... just walking around. Walking around Pissing. looking. Okay. <laughs> Pissing on everything. No, that's okay. I just want, I'll just do making it's sure. His, it's, his, it's his farm now. It is. <laughs> so... I think the person that gets the best idea about what's sort of happened to these buildings is probably Charles. But then, even then, it's like the dimmest, lowest bit of the idea. So you, you all go through these uh, sort of buildings and, yeah, they are completely abandoned. There are no belongings. There is no, like, almost as if, like, people have just got up and left. There are, like, plates. There's, like, rotten food. Certainly when Kona goes in to go and does a search for all things, most of the jewels don't have anything valuable in them. Anything valuable has either been taken or either by presumably bandits or has been taken by the previous owners. You're not entirely sure. But yeah, you all get the impression that these were inhabited once, but who's to say how long ago the, the inhabitants left? Um, would no culture be of any benefit right now? Um, if you want to think about like what you know about Ellendonk, yeah, I'll let you roll. Or, or no history? Or no history. So yeah, I, yeah either one of those. Charles, if you can roll for me either a no history or no culture check, so an intelligence check, plus your proficiency. Whoops. No, it should be plus four, so total should be 14. I would also like a no culture. All right, roll for it. Or no history. Well, it probably be no history, because no culture is like manners and stuff. Ooh, a 19. So 14 and a 19. Charles, you don't really know much about Ellen Donk. Like, you know that it's a, uh, a village, 
that's on the outset and it was sort of used probably to where the miners would and their families would stay you know over the day so it seems bizarre if and both of you would think this it seems bizarre that the business is still going but where are all the people where are the miners and not that seems quite bizarre okay posh allen you get this distinct impression you're trying to add up all the facts and even though you got sort of um you know with the help from kona doing all the searching stuff you get the impression that it's been a long time since people have lived here and you get this distinct impression that like looking around there's nothing in the fields there's no like you you probably have a think about it like the only creature you've sort of fought since you commit it's those sort of dietics which in essence they are like a common creature that is just something to look so out sweet. so it's been a long time that uh doberman was telling us that like this was a mining town and it's presumably was still active because we're we're there it's like it's currently right now, still right? active yeah it's currently so you're on the outskirts this village is on the outskirts of the mining town and he says it's still active sending you to stop cats it's just been like something's been happening but if this has been a long time it doesn't sound active to me it doesn't add up so somebody's been supplying ore or iron whatever this mine is yeah iron ore someone's been supplying ore to the the dobermans Mm -hmm. even though this village doesn't appear to be the ones that have been doing that and you would know as well posh allen that Again, from just that sort of that check you just said, there, there isn't any other villages closer to the mines, the Doberman mines, other than Elendonk. So this place should be full of people. But then again, you're only on the outskirts, so maybe there'll be more people in town. But it it strikes you as bizarre. Like these are perfectly good buildings, but completely empty. What do Benji and Kona think? I assume everyone's sharing information at this. Point. I don't think anything. I'm just <laughs> chewing on my ten point antler. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's fancy for you. <laughs> I do give Kona her antler that I nabbed. Oh, nice! I'll add it to my inventory. <laughs> so, do you proceed to go into the village? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I guess. So you sort of come out of the buildings, not really finding anything of use, and you sort of go in, and then maybe another five, ten minutes later, you sort of hit the edge of the town, and the first building on the road leading into the town looks like to be a large blacksmith's. And you notice this because there's like a big anvil sign over the top of it and an open wall, which opens the air. But as you sort of go towards it, you can't hear the sounds of the anvil. Like there is no fire. There is no smoke. There is no sounds at all. That makes sense. You know, you got the economic turndown. They were probably told to stay at home, you know, in social distance. (laughs) Like it makes sense. Yeah, but we saw their homes and their homes were empty. We saw one home, but that person could be an essential worker and had to go into work. And as you get closer, you can you actually all see this, that the roof of this building has completely collapsed in. And if what, someone was to go into the blacksmith itself, you can see that all that remains of the tools that are there is that just a rusty anvil and a large cold forge. Hmm. Well, this is strange. We don't get any um, like sense of cats or rodents or... Like no tracks or anything like that. Yeah. Make a wisdom check if you've got survive. I'll let you use that as well. I'll I'll use search to look for true clues or hidden items or something. Cool. All right, you do that. Eighteen. Kona, you sort of go in, and as you sort of go, you sort of start searching around, like around the forges, and actually, what you do find is a very battered set of leather armor in the wreckage, and you sort of you you're taking your time because obviously with the roof uh, caved in and stuff, you pull it out. 
and you all see this armor. It bears the house crest of the Doberman. And you, you recognize it because it's very like the armor that was worn by the guards back at the manor. Will our heroes ever uncover who is behind the great cat conspiracy? Find out next time on What Am I Rolling? The What Am I Rolling podcast was created, recorded and edited by me, Fiona Howitt. This episode's players were Jacob Bokes, Brandon Trent, Katie Trent and Andrew Faulkman. This episode's RPG was Pugmire by Eddie Webb. You can find out more information about Pugmire on their website. That's www.realmsofpugmire.com. The theme music was 8-Bit March by Twin Musicon of twinmusicon.org, licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. If you want to find out more about the podcast, check out the website. That's www.wairpodcast.com. Fancy getting in touch? Email the podcast at whatamirollingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at wair underscore podcast for the latest news on upcoming episodes. And remember, adventurers need not apply.